At Thousand Hills Ranch Church, we ride for life change. We pray that this message may bring life change for you. Pretty, ain't they? All right. Let's chase them, you want to? Shoot us one for our supper? No, I mean chase them just for the sport of What, to, to run them off? No, you don't get the point, do you, P? I mean, chase them because before long, there won't be any buffalo left to chase. Well, them bulls will hook you. Yeah. You remember old man Barlow? That buffalo hooked him bad. Old man Barlow was a slow thinker, kind of like uh, somebody else I could name. <laughs> well, he was a slow walker, too, when that buffalo got through with him. Wonder what ever happened. He married a fat widow over on the Blanco River and had a passel of kids. Now you might as well have done the same thing yourself, since you don't want to chase buffalo. Well, I don't believe I'd want to chase buffalo even if I was married. Get out of even me. Well, I like being a bachelor, Gus. Well, that's good, P. I'm sure it's all part of God's plan that you are one. <laughs> <laughs> well, we want to welcome you to Thousand Hills. Uh, today we're in part two of a series that I'm calling Chasing Buffalo. Chasing Buffalo, doing and chasing after what really matters. Now, some of you guys were here last week and you, uh, you realized that, that that is my favorite uh, scene in the movie Lonesome Dove. You've got Augustus McRae. I mean, he's a wild guy that just loves to chase adventure. And then you've got P.I. Parker, the other guy who was a little bit slow at catching things that, uh, you know, that he should have caught. But that's my favorite scene. And, and you say, well, why? Well, because Gus lived for an adventure. Um, he, he just wanted to chase the buffalo uh, because that's what, you know, that was just going to be fun for him. And uh, so you see this uh, fun-filled conversation about chasing buffalo, and then Gus takes off and chases the buffalo. Um, and, and last week, we uh, learned an amazing lesson from this. Um, like the, you know, chasing of the buffalo, like, you know, Gus was living for the moment, I think a lot of times we like to chase buffalo too. And you say, well, how do we do that? Do we do that literally? Not, not the most of us. Anybody ever chased a buffalo? I think it'd be cool, by the way. Uh, if I was with Gus, like I said last week, I'd have probably chased him too and left pee in the dust. Um, but anyways, uh, you know, a, a lot like Gus, I think a lot of us are chasing after certain things in the world, right? 
I mean, we want excitement in our lives. We want adventure. I like a good adventure. I like doing things that, you know, are kind of a little bit wild. And I, now that I have kids, I have to do them while they're not looking. Because I don't want to set a bad example. <laughs> Anyways, my son's sitting right here, so I'm, I'm, I'm dead in the water today. But, um, but I, I like exciting stuff. I like, you know, knowing that, you know, I can, you know, have a good adventure. But here's, here's what, I've, what I've come to, to realize you know, seeking adventure, seeking thrills, those are all good and well, right? I mean, God wants us to enjoy his creation. Amen? Amen. So we're supposed to enjoy it, but here's what I've learned in my own life, and this is what we learned last week. Oftentimes, our chase for the things of the world often come at the expense of chasing after God. Are you with me? Oftentimes we begin to chase the things of the world, the money. I got to have a you know bigger you know checking account, and I've got to have this job, or I got to have this vehicle, or I got to have this car, or, you know, house or ranch or whatever it is. And oftentimes we begin to chase after all the things of the world, and we get so exhausted and don't have the energy to chase after God. I don't know if you're like me, but I find myself in that position um, sometimes. And, and what we've learned is this. Chasing after God, chasing after his dreams for our lives, his desires for our lives, that is what really matters. Chasing after God. Amen? Yeah. All right. Well, we started to answer what it looks like to chase after God. Number one was this. When we're chasing after him, we make living for Jesus number one on our bucket list. I don't know if you have a bucket list. We kind of talked about this last week, but, but you know, it, things we want to do before we kick the bucket. Well, number one should be that we live for Jesus Christ. Our dreams, our goals, our, you know, whatever the things we want to own, all those things are great. But when we, you know, chase after these things, again, they need to be for the glory of God. And, and so we must resolve to make Jesus number one on our bucket list. Number two is this, chasing after God often changes what else we chase. Remember that? I mean, if God becomes number one, a lot of times all the other things that we feel like we need to chase, they tend to change a little bit. Our reality is not of this world. Our reality is of an eternal reality. And here's what I've learned about God. Sometimes I have things on my list that aren't his will. And he says, hey, I want you to take that off the list. Anybody ever been nudged and told that? Okay, me and my wife. Great. Uh, a few of you guys maybe have, but here's, here's the thing. Oftentimes, God, he says, hey, I don't want you to take that off the list. And we're like, what? I mean, that's what I want to do. That's what, you know, I, I feel like this is my destiny, and she's my destiny, or, you know, he's my destiny, or that job, I needed that job, I got to have that job. And we begin to, again, chase after the things that aren't of God, and God says, hey, I want you to change what's on the list. What we learned last week is this, that is a good thing. Remember this? I mean, when God says, hey, I want you to take something off the list, oftentimes, again, we go, no, I don't want to. But we should embrace it and say, okay, God, if that's not your will, I don't want something that's outside of your will. And the cool thing about God is a lot of times he'll replace those things, if not every time, he'll replace those things with even something that's better. And so a lot of times he chases, when he's number one, he changes the things that we chase on the list. And this is the third one from last week. Uh, Life is short, now's the time to chase after God. 
Remember I had a Febreze bottle last week and I sprayed it and it was a mist and it would go away. My wife smelled really good after that, by the way, because she sits right here. Because I was spraying it right here in front of her. Um, but, you know, we're, we're here today, gone tomorrow, right? We're, our life is but a mist. And so now is the time to chase after God. Well, you may be thinking, well, what's the other things that, you know, God wants us to know about chasing after him? Well, as you saw in the clip, you know, Gus lived for the moment. He, his life was all about having fun before he died. And he had no concern about what was over the hill, right? Um, but sadly, you saw that what came over the hill was some savage Native Americans chasing him. And I don't know if you noticed, but he had two arrows in his leg. Uh, if, you, if you play the movie, and we try to keep it PG in here, so we had to cut it off right after that. Um, but if you play the movie, it gets pretty gross, and they try to shove the arrows through his leg, and then he cuts his leg open, and he shoves it all the way through. And he, you know, eventually, what happens is P got shot by the Indians as well, and he you know, gets shot right through the shoulder. But Gus, his wounds, guess what? They led to his death. They led to his death. Um, and so today, here's the point that I want to make. Chasing things outside of God's will can cost you your life. Think about it. Chasing after things that are outside God's will can cost you your life. Uh, we don't have to look any further than the Bible to realize this. There's a story in the Bible called the prodigal son. Anybody ever heard the story of the prodigal son? Yeah, amazing story. Some of you guys may have never heard it because, again, maybe you haven't been in church in a while. And we praise God that you're here today. But I want you to listen to the story in Luke chapter 15 about the prodigal son. Listen to what it says. It says, to illustrate this point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want what? My share of the estate before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, the younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and began, he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him and the man sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. Then the young man, you know, the young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. So you say, well, what's the point of that story? Well, here's the deal. The prodigal son, he had it all, right? I mean, he had everything that he could want. He had a roof over his head. He had food on the table. He had a father who loved him. But guess what he said to his father? In essence, he said, Dad, I want you to die. Right? I mean, think about it. How do we get our inheritance if our parents leave us anything? I think my dad's going to leave me a sleeper sofa. I'm hoping to, I mean, I'm hoping to get it or something. But, you know, I'll have to carry it out myself. But hopefully not. It has bars in it. Everybody slept on a sleeper sofa? Yeah, they're not comfortable at all. But anyways, uh, so how do, how do we get our inheritance, though? It's typically after someone dies, right? So essentially, the prodigal son looked at his dad and said, Dad, I wished you were dead. Go ahead and give me my inheritance. The love of his father, he agreed. He gave him his inheritance. And what did, the, what did the son do? The son took his inheritance, lived a wild life, chased after his own dreams, chased after the pleasures of this world, and squandered everything that he had. 
led to him starving. I don't, and, and it says in there that he wanted to eat the pods, you know, that he was feeding the pigs. I have a couple pigs. My son here loves pigs, and some of their food is pretty nasty, and they will eat pretty much anything, right? So this guy was desperate, wanting to eat the food of a pig. And so, you know, you say, where did it lead him to chase his own way? Well, it led to him being broken, right? It led to him being, you know, starving. It led to him being empty in life. And so you say, well, what's the point? Well, this is our destiny when we chase after things that are outside God's will. That's our destiny. Sometimes the devil, you know, wants to feed you a lie and say, no, your destiny is going to be great. I'm going to do some things and I'm going to open some doors. I'm going to help you make this. I'm going to help you do that. It's the lie of the devil. It's the lie of the devil. Some of you are here today and you're like that prodigal son. You've chosen your own way. You, you, you want to chase after your own dreams. You're headed in a direction that doesn't please God. Again, you're chasing after, you know, something that's outside of God's will. I'm going to give you a a warning again. You are headed to your own death. You're headed to your own death. Look at at Romans 6.23. Look at what it says. It says, for the wages of sin is what? What's the D word? Death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, here's the point. You say, well, so you're saying if I go chase the things of this world, it's going to lead to my death. It could lead to your physical death, absolutely. If you, re- if you live a reckless life, you put things in your body, you do things to your body, and, and, and you're tearing your whole body up, it will lead to your death. You make wrong, stupid decisions, it will lead to your death. But I want to talk about other deaths. Um, how about emotional death? I mean, some of you guys, you've made such... Bad decisions that didn't please God, that you are emotionally dead. You have no feeling. When something happens, you don't feel it. When, when someone's hurting, you don't care. Your emotions are dead. Maybe you're mentally dead. Uh, maybe life's a fog. Every time you wake up, you're like, I don't even know what I'm doing in this world. You have no purpose. Your mental you know, capacity, you can't, you can't make heads or tails of anything. You can't make the right decisions because you are living Again, outside of God's will. Maybe uh, you have a, you know, a sin in your life that's, you know, or you're chasing certain dreams or chasing certain things that's causing relational death. Um, some of you have put your own pleasure ahead of your spouse's needs. You've put your own pleasure ahead of your kids. You've put your own, you know, desires ahead of their needs. And and you're chasing after something that is going to lead to a divorce. You're chasing after something that is going to lead to your kids hating your guts. And you're you're headed down a relational path that's going to lead to your death. The most important one of them all is a spiritual death. I mean, some of you guys are here today and you don't feel God because you're chasing after things that aren't of him. And because of that, your sin is separating you from fellowship with the God in the universe. And you're experiencing a spiritual death. I mean, you pray, but you, I mean, it looks like, I mean, it feels like it's just hitting the ceiling and bouncing back on you. Because you're chasing after things that are not of God. Here's the point. This, you know, this is the destiny of those of us that chase after things that are not God's will. Um, and so some of you are thinking, well, hey, man, it's not that bad, Bo. I mean, I'm still in control. 
I mean, I'm chasing this dream. I feel like it's my dream. I feel like I want to do it. And it's, I'm, I'm in control. Can I just, uh, I'll just say this as well because I've learned the hard way. The devil is feeding you a lie. I'm, I'm, and he hates what I'm fixing to tell you, but he's feeding you a lie. He's saying, hey, you just head down that path and you're going to be just fine. But can I just promise you one thing? One of these days you're going to fail. One of these days you're going to fall. And guess what the devil's going to be doing? Is he going to help you back up? Absolutely not. You know what he's going to do? He's going to kick you while you're down. He's going to laugh in your face because you believed his lie that you could chase your own dreams and find fulfillment. That's what the devil does. Oftentimes, the devil, he'll let you ride for a little while. You'll make some good money. You'll be doing things, you know, that you think are fulfilling in your life. And then all of a sudden, you realize that you've wasted your life. You know what that is? It's not your destruction, so to speak. It's a distraction. Sometimes he, maybe it prolongs the destruction of your life and just gets you distracted to where you don't do squat for the Lord. And you're not fulfilling the plans of God. Listen to the powerful uh, words of warning in 1 John. Listen to what he says. He says, don't love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love the Father, uh, the love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires, what? They pass away. But whoever does the what? The will of God lives forever. You see what John's saying? He's saying, hey, guess what? The, the, don't love the world. And you say, well, I thought you said we're supposed to enjoy the world. We're supposed to enjoy the world, but the world should not own us. We should own what we, you know, are, are looking in and have, right? I mean, it, it doesn't make sense to, you know, to not enjoy the world. But at the end of the day, if you love the world over what, you know, loving God, again, that is outside of God's will. The, the world is going to pass away. But if we will do the will of God, guess what? He will let, a, you know, let us live a life that thrills him, that, that, that speaks to us on this earth, and that one day we're going to spend eternity in heaven forever. And so listen, yeah, amen. And so we, we, have to, we have to chase after the things that are God's will. And you say, Bo, how do I know and how do I find God's will? Well, here's number two. You ready? God's will is found in the chase. We are called to chase after God. Guess what? God's will is found in the chase. I mean, so many people, they're like, hey, man, I, I, I want to know God's will. And I, I ask, you know, or I think in my mind, are you chasing after God? Are you, are, you, are you looking for his plan for your life? I mean, look at his plan. In Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13, it says, for, in God speaking, he says, for I know the what? The plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will what? I'll listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Do you see what God's saying here? He's saying, hey, I have a great plan for your life. I have a great future, a great adventure just for you. But here's what he's asking. Chase after me. Chase after me. 
Seek after me, run after me, and I will show you my will for your life. I'll give you an example of this in my own life. Um, uh, you know, there was a time where I lived in Laverne, Oklahoma. I was a youth pastor in Laverne. Um, met a few uh, awesome people up there and got to serve some uh, students there as, this, as the youth minister up there. And uh, I was there for four years, right? It was awesome. I loved it. Met some great people. Um, but, but I longed to be married. And in Laverne, there wasn't very many women. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how else to say it. There's great women there, um, but there wasn't any women for me. And so while I was in Laverne, I wanted to you get married. I wanted to have a family. I wanted to have all those things, and I longed for that. And, and, and you know, again, it, I would pray prayers to God, and I'd say, okay, God, if you want me to be single for the rest of my life, I'll be single. But I didn't mean it, <laughs> right? I was like, I want a, I want a wife. I want kids. I want, you know, to have a family. But I, I, I don't remember the exact date, but, but it wasn't until I truly meant it and I truly said, okay, God, I'm going to chase after you. I'm going to walk after you. I'm going to pursue you. And, and if I am single for the rest of my life, that's okay. I am cool with it. And I want your will to be done in my life. Well, guess what? God it took me from Laverne, took me to Ada, Oklahoma, where I met this blonde right here. Um, who's the love of my life. But here's, here's what I learned. Even when I went to Ada, chase after God. Here I am running after God. And all of a sudden, God says, okay, now I'm going to show you my will. I'm going to fulfill your dream. And I looked over, and there was a beautiful blonde named Heather. Actually, she was up front because she's a lot faster than me. <laughs> Her butt was good, too, so I was in. But here's the thing. I learned God's will after I began to chase after him. It's the same way with God. You know, and when we started this church, I was chasing after God and trying to do his will. And for three years, I had people saying, why don't you, when are you going to start a cowboy church? When are you going to do this? And, and again, it wasn't until I said, okay, God, whenever you're ready, show me your will. And I was chasing after him. This church that we were at was awesome. It was a great church. Uh, we were satisfied, content with the ministry that we had. But then God said, oh, Hey, I want to show you something. It was because I was chasing after him that he said, Hey, Bo, now's the time to start the church. Some of you guys need to hear this. God will never show you his will until you begin to chase after him. You got to take a step. You got to say, Okay, God, I'm going to step out on faith. I'm going to do your will no matter what it costs. I'm going to do it even though it may hurt, even though it may cause pain, even though nobody else understands it, I'm going to do what you've called me to do. And then you begin to chase after him, and God reveals his will in your life. One of the greatest examples is a personal example of David Cronister, right up here. <clears throat> For the last three, four years, he's been chasing after God. Now God's showing him his will for his life. Hasn't David done an amazing job? Yeah. And because of that, I believe and I know that you believe that the next step that, that God has for David's life is going to be an amazing, amazing adventure because he's chasing after God. And so you say, well, what, you know, what do I have to do to chase after God? How do I chase after him? I'll give you a couple things that are simple, but I want you to realize the basics are where it's at. 
I mean, oftentimes people are like, I need a sign. You know, show me in through lightning on your will. Show me through, you know, something miraculous. And can God do it? Absolutely. But does he choose to talk to us and show us his will in the basics of life, in the basics of your Christianity and your ride with him? Absolutely. I'll give you a few examples. You say, well, how do I chase after him? How do I, you know, how do I know his will? Here's, here's number one. Spend time with Jesus. Daily spend time with him. So many people are like, I don't know God's will. I don't know if I'm supposed to marry this person. I don't know if I'm supposed to take that job. I don't know if, you know, if I'm supposed to buy this. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know how to respond to my boss. Here's what I've learned. Every answer that we need is found in the word of God. And the only reason I make good decisions every now and then is because I read the word of God. And he shows me through his word, his will for my life. And you say, well, how do I spend time with God? Well, it's, it's really easy. I mean, it's not always easy, but once you get started, it, it becomes a habit and you begin to live for him and you begin to do it daily. I get up almost every morning before I get out of bed, I grab my phone and I, I read the verse of the day. You can get on the Version Bible app. You can download it. It's free on your phone. Read the verse of the day. And then I have a Bible plan that I, that I read every morning before I get out of bed. I read it. So that I can fill my mind with the truth of God's word. And so it can guide me throughout my day, throughout the week, and help me make decisions that are going to glorify God. And so some of you guys, you need to realize, hey, you want to know God's will? You want to begin to chase after him? It starts with the basics. Get up, read the word of God, pray. Did you, did you hear the verse? Um, I'll, I'll read it to you. It's in James chapter 4. It says this, it says, so humble yourself before God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. What's the next three words, four words, come close to God and God will what? He'll come close to you. Wash your hands. Oh, you sinners, purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Do you see what he's saying there? You come close to God and God promises that he will come close to you. But you have to come close to him. You have to pursue him. And so you do that by opening your Bible daily and reading it. Having a personal prayer time where you say, okay, God, help me to be the husband that I need to be. Help me to be the the mom that I need to be. Help me to be the the worker at my job that I need to be. Show me your will for my life. And he promises to answer those prayers. Look at Matthew 7, 7. It says, keep on asking and you will what? You'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. Again, he says, hey, you ask and you're going to receive. You seek and you will find. You knock and the door will be open to you. And so if you truly want to chase after God, it starts by spending time with Jesus on a daily basis. Here's the second thing. And again, this is practical, but this, this is revolutionary. Um, commit to being in church every Sunday. In our world today, I mean, it's all about convenience. A lot of people are like, hey, it's, you know, it's, it's nice outside, and I'm just going to stay home. I'm going to do my own thing and all that stuff. Listen, the, the best thing that you can do is be in church. Amen. I mean, we have an amazing church, and, and God has blessed it, and you need to be here every Sunday. And I'll, I'll use an example. I, I, I went to college, right? Some of you guys can't believe that, but I did. I went to college, and uh, here's what I learned about myself, okay? I'm a visual learner. I'm a hands-on learner. So if I did not go to class, 
I had no, I had no way in heck that I was going to pass the test, right? Anybody, anybody skip class in college? Come on, join me here. Come on, liars. Come on, heathens. Yeah, skip class. Here's what I learned about myself. If I would just go to class, guess what? I had a better chance at passing the test. Even if I didn't read anything, even if I didn't crack the book, if I just heard it, and, it, you know, I, I felt it, and I saw the teacher, and I read it on the chalkboard. We had chalkboards back then. Anybody remember chalk? <laughs> Heck, yeah. I had a professor. Oh, boy. I'm telling on a professor. His name was Mr. Or, or Dr. Clark. And uh, he was a little older and, and a little, I don't know, senile or whatever you want to say. He would write stuff on the board, and then he would wipe his face, and then he had chalk, like, all over his face. I don't know if you had a professor like that. Here's the other thing that he did. He would write on the board, and he would turn, and he would brush the board with his shoulder, and he would wipe off what he just wrote on the board. And he would turn around, and it would be gone. I remember one time, this is side note. I don't know why I'm telling you this. He was walking, he was walking across the campus, and he made it to class, and then he, he walked in, and he had water all over him. And he looked at the class, and he goes, stupid sprinklers. I mean, he was just that kind of guy, but here's the thing. If I would go to doctors, you know, Dr. Clark's philosophy class, guess what? I could probably pass the test just because I was there. Listen, it's the same way in life, same way in your Christian walk. If you'll just make it to church, God's going to speak to you. If you'll just come ready to, you know, listen to whatever the pastor says or whatever God says, you will retain something and God will use it to show you his will. So make it a practice, make a commitment. To spend time, you know, with Jesus and come to church. You say, what does, it, what does it gain me to come to church? Or what, you know, why do I need to come to church? I can serve the Lord anywhere, right? Absolutely. But I'll, I'll give you two reasons why you need to come. Because of what you gain and because of what you can give. You say, what do I gain? Well, you can gain wisdom. You can gain biblical knowledge. You can gain comfort for your soul. You can gain refreshing from the Lord. Many of us come, you know, throughout our jobs during the week and we get beat down. You can come and find healing for your heart. You can come and find, you know, experience God's presence through worshiping him. You can gain Christ-centered friendships to help you ride through this life together. Why should you come to church? Because you can gain encouragement. You can gain uh, God's word. I mean, you know, every time we hear it, it can change our lives. You can come to church because it's fun. I mean, it's one of the coolest things about our church is we like to have a little fun, right? And so, it, again, can we gain something by coming to church? Absolutely. And the other thing is, you know, we can give. When you come to church, you can give your praise to the Lord. You can worship the Lord through the song and through the message. You can, you can give your kids an opportunity to hear God's word and guide their life. Amen? Some of you guys have kids, and you need to hear this, and maybe this is my old school ways, but um, a lot of parents, they're like, hey, I'm just going to give my kids a choice on whether to come to church or not. Uh, This may be just my opinion, but that's crap. You don't give your kids a choice to go to school or not. So is going to school and getting an education, you know, worth more than getting in God's Word and learning God's will for their lives? Is that true? I mean, think about it. I mean, I've had people tell me all the time, my kid's 13, he can choose his own way. Really? Okay, so let's just, you know, let's just give him a gun and don't show him how to use it. Let's just, you know, get, let him make his own decisions and don't allow God to work in his life. 
I've had so many parents come to me and they're like, hey, can you help my kid? He's 16 and he's twisting off. He's making terrible decisions. And I'm like, did your kid ever go to church? Has he ever been exposed to the good news of Jesus? Has he ever experienced him working in his life? Listen, these are the things that we are called to teach our children. Amen? So your kids need to be in church. They need to be exposed to it so that they can follow Christ and they can know his will for their lives as well and they can glorify him. And so you, you can give your kids an opportunity to hear God's word and, get to, you know, to, and come to know Jesus. You can give your time in serving the church. You can join a team and begin to serve. You can give generously your tithes and your offerings. Here's one of the things that I want you to realize about our church. We are always going to call you to be a contributor, not a consumer. Are you with me? I mean, some of you guys are like, I'm just going to consume every time I come. No, we're going to challenge you to be a contributor at our church for the glory of God. These are the things that we can gain, and these are the things that we can give by simply coming to church. And so you say, well, you know, how do I know God's will? Well, you begin to chase after God, and God will show it. And you, you chase after God by spending time with him daily and growing in Christ in his church. And so here's the question. Where does God line up on your bucket list? Are, is he number one? Is, are you cha- or are you chasing after your own pleasures and eventually it's going to lead to your destruction? Listen, God wants you to chase after him. And when you do that, he promises that he will show you his will. I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a second. Some of you are here today and, and you realize maybe today that you've been chasing after all the stuff of the world and God is not in his rightful place. Listen, you're not alone. We've all been there. Every one of us have been in your shoes. Every one of us have chased after things that were outside God's will. And so here's my challenge. Don't stay there. It, you're not, it's not too late. Every, you know, if you know Jesus, if you desire to know Jesus, it's never too late with him. And so some of you are here today and you need to begin to go, okay, God, I realize that I've been chasing after the things of this world and I'm ready to turn back to you and run to you. In the story of the prodigal son, the, the son finally wises up. And with your head bowed and your eyes closed, I want you to hear the rest of the story. In Luke chapter 15, it says, when, they, when he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired hands have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. And I no longer, I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me and hire me as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. Listen, some of you are here today and you've been chasing your own dream. 
You've been chasing after this world, and now it's time to run home. It's time to run back to Jesus. It's it's time to run to God and say, okay, I'm sick of chasing the world. I'm ready to chase after you and give you everything that I have. And so, so some of you need to do that today. Some of you need to go, all right, Lord, maybe you just pray something like this. Lord, I know I've been chasing after the world. I know you haven't been number one in my life. I'm confessing my sin to you today. I need you to renew our relationship by forgiving me. So now that I can chase after you. Listen, with your head bowed and your eyes closed, how many of you guys would say, you know what? I just prayed that prayer. I'm changing my life. I'm going to allow God to, to lead me and guide me. Would you just raise your hand? Thank you. All across the barn. Thank you. Listen, it's going to be a tough road. Again, the devil's going to try to distract you, but you can do it through the power of Jesus Christ. You can do it. Some of you are here today and you've never experienced forgiveness through Jesus Christ. Listen, Jesus died on a cross so that you could have eternal life. Not just a good life on this earth, not just a life, you know, filled with him on this earth, not just so that he can guide you on the earth, but that you can have eternal life in heaven. And so maybe you're here today and you need to give your life to Jesus for the very first time. Again, it begins with the decision to follow him. And so maybe that's you. Romans 10, 9, it says, if you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. You say, but how do I do that? Well, it's a simple thing. You just pray a prayer and you ask Jesus. You confess him as your Lord and Savior. And you ask him to forgive you of your sin and come into your life and save you. Listen, maybe you're in this barn today and that's you. You're the one who needs to give your life to Jesus. Listen, I hope you will. I hope you will. Maybe you just need to pray this prayer right there in your chair. Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Jesus, I know I've been chasing after my own ways. I've been loving the world more than I love you. And I need you to forgive me of my sin. Come into my life and save me. Listen, I hope that some of you today prayed that prayer. Again, with our head bowed and our eyes closed, would anybody raise your hand and say, you know what, Bo? I gave my life to Jesus just now. I prayed that prayer. Amen. Thank you. Listen, those of you that have committed to live for Jesus, we want to ride with you. You can't do it alone. Now that you know God, now that you have, uh, you know, committed to chase after him, you need the church. You need help. We all need help. And that's why the church exists. And so maybe, you know, here in just a minute, you need to fill out that orange card. Olivia is going to come. She's going to tell you how to do that, where to place that, how you connect with our church so that we can ride alongside of you and chase after God together. Lord, I come to you right now and I, I thank you. For our amazing church, I thank you that your spirit is is big in this place, Lord. 
I thank you that when we do chase after you, you answer our questions, you answer our call to you. And so, Lord, today I pray that every person in this room would begin to chase after you and make you number one in their lives. And Lord, if there's someone out there searching for the, uh, the, you know, their future mate or that future job or just their future in general, Lord, I pray that they would take the first step, whatever that is that you show them, and that they would begin to chase after you so that you can show them your will. Thank you, God. Thank you. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen. Thousand Hills is blessed that you have chosen to join us today and listen to this message. If you feel led to make a change, please contact us at 580-216-6427 or join us online at thousandhillsranch.church. At Thousand Hills, we ride by a code that believes that it is more blessed to give than to receive. If you feel led to give, you can go to the Give tab on our website and give your tithe today. Thank you. God bless. Thank you.